Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Mosier continue talking about Article 21 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at an Old Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by Fly Beyond, the AFLC Youth Ministries event for equipping teens for their vocational callings in the local congregation, not just for tomorrow, but also for today. This year's camp, Upwards, runs from July 17th through the 21st. Register at aflc.org backslash youth. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. And I think we're all here, at least partially. We're, we're we ready. are mostly present. Mostly present. Physically present, mentally absent. Yes. When you, aren't we when you are getting ready, when you're getting ready to record a podcast, you should not Google funny things. Yes. Because you can't get it out of your mind, and now it's just <laughs> there. Anytime an animal trips or... Some redneck does something funny. It's just, it no sticks with you. Yes. Any rednecks listening to the podcast, we love you. Thank you for being here with us today. Brett? Yes, all what right. Are do- what are we doing today, <laughs> What are Brett? we doing today? We are uh, continuing our study of the Augsburg Confession, Article 21, The Cults of the Saints. And as is our custom, uh, the third and fourth episodes of our ARC, uh, we're getting into the scriptures and looking at uh, how... Uh, uh, maybe scriptural connections between what we've been talking about over the last couple episodes. And uh, today we are in the scriptures at uh, 2 Kings 18, verses 1 through 6. Adam, why do we why do we choose this passage? Yeah. Justify this passage, yeah. Adam. Tell us exactly what this passage has to do with the cult of the saints. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> You're I the really, one who picked well, it. Well, I, just, I, I think you just wanted to I say I like to Nehushtan. say the word Nehushtan, yeah. and I think that that's fun. No, I, I do think it applies here, and I think we're going to see that, that even though we're talking about a thing, not a person, um, something that is not, not living, obviously, uh, we're going to see a lot of similarities when we look to something that isn't, um, that isn't the Lord. And we try and um, offer sacrifices, or in this case, or, you know, when we look to something that's uh, not Jesus to try and do the things Jesus does. So I think we're going to see some similarities here, Brett, if you would read it for us. And I, I just can't wait to say Nehushtan. All right. Can I say Nehushtan when you get to that sure. part? I'll, just I'll just pause I'll and point, point at yeah, Adam. I'll pause yeah. and point. All right. Uh, so Second Kings 18, verses 1 through 6, it says this. In the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. He removed the high places that broke and broke the pillars and cut down the Asherah. And he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the people of Israel had made offerings to it. It was called Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of, of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. 
For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. Here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. 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 Well read, Adam. Thank you. Yes. uh, Oh, gee, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Adequate job, Brett. Adequate, yeah. Right. Uh, Okay, so let's let's talk about this passage. Um, And and Adam, you had mentioned that, you know, this passage refers to um, looking to a thing or an object um, instead of Christ, instead of uh, the Lord. Um, yeah, what's what's the story going into this story? I think the comparison is is obvious when you look to the initial story of where Nehushtan came from. The bronze serpent that Moses had made in Numbers chapter, I think it's 21, if I'm not mistaken, 21, maybe 4 through 9 or something like that, where you have this illustration of the people of Israel had grumbled against the Lord. The Lord sent snakes to bite them. The snakes bit them and they were dying and they were to look. They cried out to the Lord for help and uh, he commanded Moses to build, make this, fashion this bronze serpent to put up on a pole and the people who looked at the pole at the bronze serpent would live. And the connection to, to the cross is obvious in, in Jesus himself. He yeah. said, just as Moses <laughs> lifted up... It's obvious because Jesus, Jesus made the says connection. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and he says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the yeah. wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted yeah. up. And, and so this picture is of God's people doing something stupid, him providing the way out, and they look to it. And so what's interesting here is there is something good happening Happening. This is a means that God used to rescue his people from a specific thing. But then they turn, instead of looking at the God who made the promise and did the healing, they turn to the thing itself and they begin to worship it. And I think you see that comparison as you look at the as you look at the worship of the saints or as the praying to the saints or the cult of the saints or trusting in the treasury of merits provided by the saints, however you want to look at that, we're doing the same thing. I think we see a lot of similarities and comparisons. And we see the result here of what, you know, what the, uh, what Hezekiah does is to destroy that. He said, no, we can't look at that. And, and I like specifically, and then I'm going to let Jason talk. Cause I know this is probably the longest time in the podcast <laughs> that we've gone without Jason talking here. Let me yet. check my notes. I've needed a vacation yeah. for a while. So yeah. it's okay. Vacation. All right. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him, right? Uh, among all the Kings, nor among those after him, for he held fast to the Lord he did not depart from following him. I think that's a key point in this passage of looking to not something that points to the mediator, which was a good thing, but pointing to the the source itself, the Lord himself. Yeah, I think we can also attack this from the flip side of that. And there's a lot of what the Lutherans were fighting against <clears throat> excuse me, the Lutherans are fighting against with the invocation of the saints five hundred years ago to what is the pattern of scripture, especially leading up to the book of Revelation, in that one of the the more direct ways Satan leads people astray is through counterfeit Christianity, through through things that look similar to what God has ordained, but in fact are counterfeits. And not only do you have that theme running through the whole snake imagery going on here, but that's the whole point of, say, Revelation chapter 13 and Revelation chapter 20 and those, those things where you have the, the prophet from the or the beast from the earth or the false prophet in Revelation mimics Christianity and gets people to worship something that is not Christ, right? But the, 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 the bronze serpent, you cannot disconnect what's going on in numbers with the bronze serpent from 
Moses and his staff that turns into a serpent and devours the serpents of the magicians of mm-hmm. uh, Jonas and Jombers, uh, the Pharaoh's assistant. And then you have the whole imagery of the offspring of Eve crushing the offspring of the serpent. Yeah. All of this going <laughs> on. Together. Mm-hmm. So you have the fiery serpents who are there biting and killing the Israelites as divine punishment for their faithlessness. But then God erects the better serpent and all they need to do is look at the serpent to be saved. And then Christ comes along and says, no, that's me. Mm-hmm. You, you look at me and you're saved. And, and, it, and it doesn't involve any works. It, it doesn't involve anything but faith. But, but throughout human history, throughout the history of the people of God, Satan has corrupted that grace and mercy of God to be something else. And, and there's this direct connection here in 2 Kings 18 where, you know, it's intentional by the author that the people were worshiping the Asherah poles, which mm-hmm. were these wooden poles erected in temple like places and pagan worship, and pagan worship. And Nahushtan looks like that, you know, the bronze mm-hmm. serpent looks like that. So they just lump it in there. And our tendency as sinners mm. to take the good things of God and to put them in primacy of place over Christ. And, and I think we can pause here. You know, there's interesting Bible study to happen, and we could just make a checklist of where that's happened in American Christianity <laughs> for the last 50 to 75 yeah. years. The idols that the church has chased, right. music, yeah. uh, worship style, celebrity pastors, uh, you have American patriotic Christianity in here with America's place in biblical history and things like that. All of the things that God would have us uh, use for the exercise of our faith have now become the object of our faith. Hmm. Yeah, and I almost hate to bring this up, but you know, I also think of you know the faith healers that uh, you know they touch a piece of cloth and then they sell it to the people, yeah. and uh, and that's that's another uh, version of that kind of thing of of our, our taking our eyes off of Christ. Yeah, it's uh, interesting that you brought up the faith healers. One one of the more TV un- preachers. Yeah, yeah, one of the more underrated movies to come out of the late '90s uh, was a Jim Carrey movie, actually, uh, "Man on the Moon." Yeah, it's where he played uh, uh, wow. Andy Kaufman, yeah. comedian from the '80s. Yeah, I remember that? Uh, and which, by the way, pause commentary. Jim Carrey <laughs> was absolutely denied an Oscar for that performance. It was. It was <laughs> Just a, had to get that yeah. off your chest. It's 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 one of my it's one of those hills that I will die on as a as a noted connoisseur of '80s pop or '90s pop culture. Anyway, right at the end of that movie, when Andy Kaufman has uh, contracted cancer and he's dying and and he turns to this this new age faith healer. It's not a Christian faith healer, but a new age, Mm. kind of like a Hindu or a Buddhist. He goes over to Asia and, and he's laying there waiting for this guy to heal his cancer. And he looks over right as he sees the the healer pull his sleight of hand trick. And, and he just laughs because he knows that he's been duped. That's the exact thing mm-hmm. that, that the prosperity gospel, the, the name it, claim it, the health, wealth people are, are doing. And, and you can go online and find these videos. The, the, the people who claim that they can lengthen legs... You know, oh, that's one yeah, of the things. Yeah. It's it's just a parlor trick. Right. Uh, th- there's no actual healing going on. Um, that's what Christianity turns to. We we turn to these 
these cheap tricks, these miracle workers. Uh, the the other one that's popping into my head, we're, we're doing all sorts of random association yeah, now. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, Simon the Magician in the book yeah, of Acts, yeah, where he yeah. wants to purchase sure. the power of the gospel and, get, <laughs> yeah. and gets rebuked by Peter. Is it Peter? I think it's Peter, not Paul. Is that yeah. it's Peter or Paul? Yeah. Maybe Mary. Uh, <laughs> Puff the magic dragon. Uh, also a saint reference. Well played. Yeah. Nice. But, nice. but it, all of these things, we want to, as modern Christians, think we're so much better than that, that, that we've, we've, yeah. we've grown beyond it. But we haven't. No. We fall into the same trap that the people in Second Kings fall, fell into with Nehushtan. We fall into the same trap as the people following the false healers and the false preachers in Acts and in the New Testament. It, it just repeats itself over and over and over. And as I started this monologue, I, I took Adam's five minutes and I just <laughs> ran with it. Uh, it's, this is... This this is the work of Satan, is he yeah. counterfeits Christianity and he takes our eyes off of Christ. Right. Yeah, you know, and it's not to say that objects that were part of something really awesome that the Lord had done in, in previous history is to be, like, thrown away. You know, there, there's there's a sense that you can go to a museum and appreciate seeing some objects. You know, I think of a couple of years ago going to a display even of Luther's stuff. Mm, yeah. And... and you could get wrapped up into like, oh, that know. was the pulpit yes, he last that, preached, that's right? He, or that altarpiece that was he, the yeah. he touched that, and you know, yeah. you, you could really get into that that kind of thing. But uh, there, there's something neat about seeing those types of things, and there's a place for uh, museums and. Uh, Hall of Fame and or artifacts, whatever. even artifacts. Or, or, right. Yeah, you, you can have an artifact without it being a relic, right? And, and I think that's the distinction. You know, we kind of mentioned this last episode. The the whole thing about living in the tension is that there's two opposite sides of the horse you can fall off on, and no matter what side you fall off, you always end in the mud. I've never ridden horse, so well, you haven't. Oh yeah, yes, legit. I have. Okay, never mind. <laughs> sorry, I don't. I no. rode an elephant once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> I don't know how that applies here. Well, we were making random associations. Yeah, I thought I hadn't talked in a while. But, you know, we, we don't want to... <laughs> fall off the elephant one side or the other? <laughs> well, don't want to fall off the elephant and get run over by the camel or, or whatever the case might be. But we, we don't want to misplace something for Christ, yeah. but we don't want to reject it out of hand because of that temptation, that there, there's value in the middle somewhere. Which is that. true, exactly, of what the, the article, Article 21, says yeah. about the saints. They're absolutely uh, valuable to look at in terms of examples of the faith, in terms of looking how God used them in their vocations, in terms of the reminders that God is faithful to his people and walks them through, through difficult times. But it's when they become some sort of a talisman or a magician yeah. that can, you know, make something, make, make Jesus more interested in our need than us going to him ourselves. I think that's a problem. And that's, I think that's the danger here. I, and the Nehushtan thing, God used it was very intentional. I, I find that, that whole passage very interesting of why, you know, why did God make the serpent? Why, if, if he's killing them with these serpents, why did the image of their death have to be the image they looked to? And interesting enough, and I think about that, you know, the connection, Right? Do you guys know the connection? It's the connection of, of Jesus on the cross becoming sin. Yep. Yeah. He became yeah. sin. So what kill was killing us, we look to that and we see on the cross that which 
was was killing us, had sentenced us to death. It, he becomes that, and the wrath poured out on that was him. And, and it's the reminder of God. But all of this points us to God's mercy. All of it points us to God's working on our behalf. All of it invites us to to directly come to look to look to to receive His blessings, His goodness, not through some magical thing. One other thing I was going to go on. This is a little bit of a tangent. Um, actually, my last thing was a little bit of a tangent, I suppose, <laughs> too, to some degree. But this, you know, we're talking about the different ways this plays out in our world today and in our Christian cultures. We've talked about faith healers. We've talked about all these different things. Uh, I don't know about you. I've never bought, you know, anything, you know, that has been touched or prayed over by some sort of a faith healer or anything <laughs> like that. But true, I have in the past, yeah. and this is... I the, do have an autographed Larry Bird jersey. Ooh. Well, if, if I touch that, will I become good at basketball? No. <laughs> I was no going to say again, but <laughs> no. there was never <laughs> a before. So. <laughs> yeah. No. So all of this, though, goes back to I. what I have you know, taken is probably something unhealthy is bringing my Bible to church. It's going to sound weird, right? Well, but, I am really but curious the fact where you're that going I, with okay, this. Exactly. So, but, but here's the thing. I've carried my Bible. I've carried it as some sort of a okay. I'm good now. This was this was my upbringing in oh, in my mindset as yeah. I was a teenager. My devotions. Well, I have a devotional time. That means I'm good with God. Well, that turns my work in reading a you know read even though it's good a true, good thing a yeah. good thing. I'm turning that into something that is um, you know giving displaying me your righteousness merits. before exactly yep. giving me merit before God. Well, God, I've done my devotions. I prayed. Why aren't you helping me? I've prayed every day in a row for like the last three weeks. Why, you know, why am I still having these problems? And all of a sudden I'm looking to my efforts and I know that's a little bit of a tangent, but it's anything oh, no, we I'm look to. Tangent way off of this. One, <laughs> the the bigger the study of Bible, the better. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but that's there's there's some truth to that. And we we joked, uh, and this is a, a while back on the episodes, but about the you know the Christian T-shirts and things oh, like yeah. that. And the signal. Yeah. It's this idea that I am doing this, and therefore God is going to be happy with me. It's looking for merit in any other capacity than the blood of Jesus Christ, mm. if the person of Jesus man, Christ. If your Bible doesn't weigh 30 pounds, are you even a Christian? <laughs> but to a more, maybe a more extreme example of that, because I was really getting uncomfortable with you talking about your Bible as a talisman, but you're right, yeah. Uh, yeah. is how many times have you seen a music video or, or watched a movie and, and they're singing about immorality or, or violence or whatever, and, and the artist has a cross chain Sure. On their neck, you know, yeah. and, and that reminds me. Like I said, I'm going to weigh tangent off of this. Uh, <laughs> remember the early 2000s movie that came out, The Mummy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The wow, Brendan wow. Fraser, Rachel Vice. Okay. Yeah. Movies. No, 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 no. This is good. So, so remember the 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 snively little rat character in it, the 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 servant who ends up being the actual mummy's servant. And, and when he, he's about to get caught by the mummy, he, he's got like this <laughs> charm bracelet necklace thing with all of the religious symbols. And he just starts praying his way through there until he gets to the Star of David. And then the, the mummy recognizes the Jewish people as the, uh, the slaves, even though David didn't exist when the, oh yeah you know what I'm so all yeah. of that that's the thing is it's, <laughs> how you think of these things it's, my brain is scary is built for random association but that's the whole thing is is people who wear the cross chain as kind of like a superstition almost like a rabbit's foot yeah, yeah. instead of and that, foot. Yep. that we will as Christians literally turn the cross 
into a replacement for Christ. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know that, and and again, we have to pause, wait, but yeah, that's what's going on with Nehushtan. Yeah, you know, it's uh, well, there was a Babylon Bee headline several years ago about the mom who had uh, more crosses on her wall in her house than actual wood that made up the cross, <laughs> something like that. But, but it, it's these sorts of things. We always want to take a good thing yeah. and, and put that in front of the best thing. And, and right. the, the easy way, easiest way for, for us to think about this, I think, is that Jesus on the cross says, it is finished. Yeah. Does the expression of your faith, does the way you live your faith out on a day-to-day basis reflect that? Hmm. Or does the expression of your faith reflect that Jesus says it was finished except for this little bit more mm-hmm. that I need to do? And I think that's the good check for us because yeah. anything else we put in addition or in place of Christ than Jesus on the cross was a liar. And I can't think of anything worse to do than to take that the purest gospel phrase ever uttered in scripture, it is finished, and, and rob it of value. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and rabbit of value with cheap knockoff uh, imitation imitation yeah. rabbit foot faith. I mean, that's that's, that's, yeah, that's so so empty and so um, not robust and not uh, not sufficient for us. Yeah. yeah, superstitious Christianity is still idolatry, yeah. and maybe it's the worst kind of idolatry yep. because you deceive yourself into thinking it's actual Christianity. Mm-hmm. So you know, as we wrap up this episode here, <laughs> should we have the same kind of of attitude of Hezekiah, where, you know, as a reformer, uh, going around and chopping down these things, or what would be the, the uh, a response? If, you know, that's the using the saints as an example. If you have been called to reform, then reform. But we, before getting you know, too caught up in the specifics of what Hezekiah was doing. We're yeah. just called to faithfulness. We're yeah. called to honor God's word. We're called to live our lives under the Ten Commandments in repentance when we fail to do the Ten Commandments. And we're also to look at Hezekiah and to remember that in just a few chapters, he's going to go sideways too in his faith. And, and he's going to use the good things that God gave him as idolatry, as he, he takes those representatives from foreign lands and he shows them the treasury of the temple and the treasury of the kingdom, and God curses him with leprosy and, and, and things like that, right? It's, we look at the saints and we look at their faults and we praise God for their faithfulness. And when, when they screw up, we say, there but for the grace of God go I. Mm. And we say, Amen. Lord, keep me from this sin and forgive the sins I've already committed. I think in 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 light to your or in answer to your question, Brett, the idea of should we go about like Hezekiah destroying all of those things? <laughs> I mean, I have a picture of Luther in my office. My your son. son, okay, yeah, <laughs> my, not the reformer, but let's pretend that it was the reformer. Well, right? we don't know. He's got I a actually, lot of life to live. He I might have, be a reformer. Actually, have a Playmobil uh, character caricature of you oh, know yeah. from fifteen, yeah. uh, you know the the five hundredth. Yeah, I have it too. Yep. In my office. Okay, so if that that reminds me of Luther, whose life and whose witness and whose testimony and whose ref, reform, I, I look back to as a um, an encouragement 
that God was working in and through his people. But as soon as I start praying to that, or as soon as I start holding it for good luck, I want you guys to come in and I want you to destroy it into dust. Just like smack and, it out of your hand. And did they, yeah. did they have to drink the water too? That was with the golden calf. So oh, that was the golden to, calf. Yeah. Yeah. You well, want us to destroy it into dust and put it in your protein I'm shake? mixing my idol destruction <laughs> metaphors. Yeah. 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 But uh, the, yeah, I want you to do that. Put it in my... Yeah. Nice. I like that. In your Ovaltine? In my <laughs> How yes. many more random movies can we... We're gonna, we'll I, I got a blackout here in like two more squares. All so. right. Well, before Jason... Before Jason... Uh, refers to any other movie from the 90s. Uh, I'm going to read scripture for us to end our, our episode here, unless there's any other... Random... As long as you're not doing it to gain merit before no, the Lord. No, But just because it's good for us to yeah. hear and be yeah. reminded and point us to Jesus. There you yeah. go. Good. <laughs> from Psalm 50, verses 14 and 15. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and Pastor Adam continue their discussion on Article 21 of the Augsburg Confession. For the latest from the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota, visit flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.